Welcome back to another episode of The Set Position. My name is Cole Owner, along with my, Zach, my co-host, Zach Kruger. Um, we have a great episode here for you today, uh, talking about being a good teammate. And we have three great coaches on with us. Um, and I'll go ahead and let the three of them kind of introduce themselves. So, Rob, why don't you go ahead and lead us off, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, my name is uh, Rob Fulton, um, head women's soccer coach at Shippensburg University, uh, competing in the uh, Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. Uh, going into, I've been at SHIP now and will be going into my 17th uh, season. And then um, before that, I was at a, a head coach at an NAIA school out in New Mexico. So I've uh, been in college coaching now for right about 20 years. Very nice. Matt? Yeah, uh, Matt Snyder, uh, head coach for uh, local uh, high school here, Ringgold, uh, on the boys' side, and then um, also coaching the local club, Century, um, which another guest on here, Larry Fingers, is the director of. So uh, um, just coming off of two years with him at Cannon Mac, uh, let him talk about that. But, uh, you know, so up and coming young guy as far as the, the panel goes here. Uh, you know, trying to figure it out and learn from you guys. Very nice. And Larry? Hi, uh, glad to be here. I'm, uh, I think, my 18th year coaching. Uh, been at Canamac for 10 years. Uh, as Matt said, I'm uh, the boys' director of coaching at, at Century in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm also the academy director. Um, it's a large, you know, obviously a large club in Pittsburgh. So looking forward to uh, chatting to you guys and contributing any way that I can. Awesome. Well, we, uh, we appreciate the three of you joining us and kind of look, really looking forward to this topic. But how are you guys holding up with uh, all this craziness in the world going on? I mean, it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. It's, it's definitely, definitely something new, right? And, like, you know, for me, uh, trying to lean on, on Larry and, and anybody else I can as much as, as possible, just – and this is something new. I, I've never coached where I haven't actually been able to, you know, coach. Uh, it, it's, it's a new topic to try to do everything through Zoom meetings or, or something like that. I mean, it, it was always a toll um, to kind of help reach players more. But to, to sit back now and that's that's how you're coaching. That that is your field. That is your uh, your game that you're you're using. It, it's definitely something different and um, learning something for sure every day. Yeah. Rob, you doing all right with technology? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I mean, as you and Zach will attest to, not really the most technology savvy coach in the business. So I'm doing the best I can hanging in there. But I, you know, I, I actually was thinking about this and I think, I don't know about the other coaches on the panel here or you guys, but I mean, when everything kind of started to happen, you know, first part of March and, and over spring break, I, I guess what I'm surprised about is that, like, I, I kind of thought, okay, this is, you know, this isn't good, but, you know, I guess my, my actually my surprise is that I knew, I knew it wasn't good, but I, I was, I didn't have any idea that it would be something that would affect everything uh, about our jobs and, and the education and the coaching it, so far into the future is now what's going to happen. 
So that that's a little bit of a something I guess that threw me. I, I, I thought, okay, this could be tough for a little bit, but in no way, shape, or form did I have any idea that um, you know, th- things regarding summer showcases, seasons in the fall would be in any sort of discussion when it first started. So, yeah, I think doing okay and just trying to now adjust to maybe some more long-term ramifications and how things are going to move going forward for sure. Yeah. And, Larry, what are you guys doing over at Century to kind of keep your players engaged during this time? I mean, we we have um, a couple different options. Um, Obviously, we're utilizing Zoom calls. Um, When this first happened, uh, to echo what was just said, um, no one knew it would be as long <laughs> as it's been and the impact it could have in the obviously summer for showcases and, uh, you know, the fall club and high school season. Um, so I started off personally old school. After a week or two, I started calling all my players individually. So I called I, – I have three teams. I have the 01 boys, which are all going on to play college soccer, um, the 07 boys, the 09 boys. So I actually spent time on the phone just checking in and seeing how everybody's holding up and – what they're watching on TV, how online learning is going, whatever. Um, now it's, it, it's, it's, it's obviously trying to find um, authentic ways to connect with the kids and their families. So obviously everyone's using Zoom. Um, everyone wants to take a picture and post it on, on social media and say, look at me, I'm Zooming with everybody and that's whatever. So I kind of went old school and called everybody. Um, now we're utilizing Zoom meetings with our staff and our, um, our teams just have kind of broader strokes and have, have that connection. But I think, you know, the, the challenge is being authentic where it seems like a lot of coaches are doing these things just to be, you know, keep it up with the Joneses, if you will, where yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of the zoom call or take like being authentic is something we're encouraging our coaches to do. So um, we also at century, like we, we, you know, some of our coaches sent workouts and videos to kids are doing their own. Uh, and we partnered with uh Techni, which is an app. If you guys are familiar, yeah. uh, something that, that I wouldn't do I don't know, a year and a half ago, we didn't end up doing it. Now with all this happening, we did it. Um, it's good. It, it's uh, there's only so much technical work you can do in a week and and in, in, in isolation. But <laughs> we've offered different uh, different things for our, our families and our kids to get through it. Um, we're just kind of waiting to see when we can go to small group training. But the way it looks now, it doesn't seem like it's going to be in the near future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's a crazy time, and um, I mean, it's something I don't think any of us were ever prepared for at all. And I think it's, I think we're all kind of missing the sport and being out in the field and, and working with the players, but it's, it's finding those new ways to, to be productive and keep, keep everybody engaged. And I think, um, I think it's a great segue into the topic of being a good teammate. I think during this time, we've got to be able to, uh, Larry, you kind of said it, be authentic. I mean, we've got to be authentic with our players and as coaches, but then also your teammates, you got to be authentic with each other and, and reach out and, and stay in touch because you're not meeting face to face anymore. Um, I think that's all part of being a good, I mean, one of many things of being a good teammate is being authentic, but then keeping in contact with your, with your teammates and trying to keep that connection going. So that way um, things, things are ready to go for, for us in the college game, ready to go for the fall. And then obviously the club level, I mean, ready to go any time of year when, when you guys are out training and then getting together with the team. So um Zach, what were some ways that you found yourself being a successful teammate when you played at Millersville? Um, I would say for me, like in the locker room, just making sure I checked in with everybody before practices and games. You know, I wasn't the best player in the world, so I always just try to make sure that 
you know, my, my teammates knew that I care. So I always try to go around and like at least have a small conversation with everybody. So even like now I feel like in this time, it's you're still doing that, right? You're still checking in with people and trying to make sure that everything's going well. Is there something that's different that you guys are doing that, you know, you've encouraged your players to do on top of checking in with them? You know, I know me personally at Seton Hill, I had our captains, you know, check in with all of our incoming players and, and kind of broke them down. But is there anything different that you guys are encouraging your players to do that may be, you know, helping with this whole thing that's going on? Yeah, I think, well, I, I just think like, um, I think for, for, for me or for probably coaches, it depends on how, you know, your teams are set up, but certainly like for, for our group, like um, at the college level, it kind of depends too on the, on the leadership um, that you have within the group already. So, um, you know, for us, we had a, we have set up like a, a leadership council type of, of situation where we have three to five of our, our players kind of at, at any one time who are in the, who are in the council. And, and certainly like the, the leadership right now is, is really good. And I know it, at times it, it isn't as good and it depends on the year and the group that's in there and, and stuff. But for, for us, like the leadership is really good. And we have um, some players that, you know, are, are, you know, really go getters in, in that respect. So that's kind of carried over into this time. They've been doing a lot of things together um, through distant distance and, and being virtual that they, they really just kind of have set up on their own and, and that, that sort of thing. So I, I think one of the things about being a good teammate, at least from our perspective is just, I, I know those leader, leaders on our team kind of recognize that it's going to be kind of up to them to, to kind of connect in a lot of ways, connect everybody um, through, through things, whatever things that they, they can do virtually on top of what we, we did before we had to stop all of our uh, mandatory activities. But, um, you know, so I, I think one thing is the leadership it depends on, on that aspect of, of your team, mm -hmm. where you're, where you're at. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, uh, I'm in a, a very unique and awkward position. Um, so, I mean, last year for high school, I was with Larry at, at Canamac, uh, we'll toot our horn, 2019 Whippeal champions. And Larry produced such a quality culture at Canamac that, um, you know, it, it almost breeds itself. It's, it's, it's taking care of itself. It's cultivating itself every day. Um, you know, the being there for two years. I mean, it, there wasn't a week that you didn't have an alumni back to watch a game or that alumni wasn't reaching back into the program and, and things like that. So, you know, in a way, like, you know, I, I, I saw that for two years and I'm taking notes constantly and you're, you're in the back of your mind. So in February, I got the, the opportunity to take the position as the head coach for Ringgold. And, you know, it's my alma mater. It's, you know, it's always been kind of the dream job to come back home and, and, you know, lead the group what, that built me, that set me off. And uh, so it's February. I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. Let's go. Let's get on the field. I'm scheduling, you know, two events a, a week, you know, whether it be uh, you know, talking with the guys or, or, you know, some type of lifting or just, you know, trying to get activities going. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, everything stops. Um, and, and you're looking ahead and you're like, now what do I do? You know, I, I had all these projects. I had all of these things in, in mind. I had all of these, you know, ideas of, of, 
building the program and uh and everything facilitated with me being there everything with me leading everything with with my voice my face being involved and so now all of a sudden it's like okay how, how do you do that without one really being able to kind of rub elbows and, and gain that trust or you know for them to want to follow me and then the flip side of it is you know how do you how do you know what they're doing on their own because now you're not even seeing them anymore so um, you know, it's, it's been a lot of zoom calls as we said, but it's, it's been a lot of asking them what they want. It's been a lot of asking them what they need. Um, and then encouraging them to kind of dive back into the group and see who else is in that same position, who else doesn't have a backyard to be able to go and do technical footwork or who doesn't have a friend down the road that they can go run with, or who doesn't have that type of support system with them, go find the like that like personality within the group and, you know, compare notes talk about what you're doing, talk about how you're, you're solving the, the obstacles, um, you know, dealing with high school kids. It's, uh, it's real easy for them to just go jump online and, and start playing games and, you know, kind of get outside of that focus of preparing themselves. So, um, you know, a lot of encouragement and, and for that matter, it's a, it's a lot of trust on my part that they're actually doing it. Um, because again, it's, they're, they're, there's nothing, it, it's not like you're seeing them week to week to week to see if they're improving. You're, at this point, I've I've closed my eyes, and we're hoping that in three months that we're able to get back on the field for a fall season, and that they're not out of shape and they're not, you know, stumbling over their feet. That they've they've done something. Yeah, so much trust right now as us as coaches mm-hmm. that our players are doing what we're asking of them during this during this time away. So much trust along with it, and we just hope that when they when they do come back that they're in shape as though we would have had a whole spring season or a whole time with them to, to get them ready. Um, but I think uh, it was kind of brought up already, but the culture aspect I think is huge um, for any, and we, Zach, you and I have already had two discussions on this culture mm-hmm. aspect, but I think as part of that, I think culture also builds you as a good teammate. I mean, you've got to fit into that culture in order to be a good teammate and the culture helps cultivate those things. So um, Larry, I mean, kind of building off that, what are some ways that you found to the cultures helping to cultivate players to be good teammates and um, help each other, especially not only during this time, but during our normal times we're out in the field training and, and doing what we love to do. Sure. No, I, I mean, it's uh, as you're speaking, obviously my Maddie knows me well, my mind's constantly working, but um, I, I think a lot of the stuff for me, whether it be high school, whether it be my kids playing college soccer, I mean, Century, on the boys' side, we have over 90 boys playing college soccer right now. It's remarkable in the past four years. Um, I don't know if we broke 100 yet. We're close. But for me, the culture is really, really important. Um, I'll be honest when I say my Century team to my Canamac teams, not much has changed because the seeds have been planted and the expectations are there. So um, there's, there's lots of different ways that the kids communicate authentically nowadays, right? They're on group texts and they're on the, the team me apps and all these different things. So uh, the high school boys, they're on a constant stream of communication. So they know what socks we're wearing to what time the bus is to whatever. And our, our captains or our seniors, you know, kind of monitor that. Um, with the century kids, it's been interesting because I usually coach U16 to U19. Um, the old ones I just finished is my last old group. I've cycled back down myself and Maddie as well. I've cycled back down to younger teams. They have also, you know, been encouraged to create those channels of communication. So 
they're playing video games with each other and talking. There's group messaging things, but I think the culture is very, very important where the expectations are set of here's how I want you to communicate. Here's what I want you guys to be doing. And I mean, it, I don't want to say I hope, but I check in on that. I check in with the kids and see whatever, you know, the biggest challenge young kids is some kids don't have cell phones and they can't be involved in that group chat stuff. So we try to link them in um, and not make it very clicky. Um, it's gone very, very well. And, you know, like I said, it, 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 not to beat a dead horse, but that term authenticity, if the kids are authentically talking on their own without coach pushing them saying, you got to talk every Tuesday, or you got to talk every Wednesday, or we sit on a Zoom chat and make kids talk. I think that authenticity and that realness brings out a lot. Um, and I know Maddie, I'm reading his mind, but like at Canamac, one of our monikers is we over me. And, you know, I, it's funny um, when, when Maddie mentioned about coming on the show and doing whatever. Like, that's something we have on every T-shirt. It's on our Whitfield Championship rings we have this year. We over me, where, you know, honestly, the, the, the collective and the team comes before individual stuff. Um, and we, we kind of ingrain that. And it's just something that I think, and, and maybe Maddie could share as a, I don't say an outsider, but someone newer to it in the past two years. Um, it's something the kids really bought into. It didn't matter who was scoring, who was leading, who was captain, who started, who whatever. I mean, and there's anecdotes I can give you throughout the year of kids that, you know, almost didn't make the team that ended up starting the Whippeal final and, and things like that. So that, that whole identity um, of being authentic and, and like, you know, for us, like I'm part of that we, and Maddie's part of that we, and the coaches are part of that we. It's not that I'm a dictator. I tell you what's going on. I mean, I just remember at halftime of the Whippeal championship game, we had a matchup that, that I wanted and the kids did not want it. They did not like it. And I said to them, I said, if you want to switch it, we'll switch it. And they switched it for about, three and a half minutes, and then they went right back and we were successful and ended up winning. But it, it, it's a culture thing that I think is something, I've been there 10 years, that it's, it's taught once you're young and you just continue it, and that's the expectation of, of how we want it to look like. So now, like with Zoom calls and stuff like that, I find creative ways to like engage them. Like our seniors, we're due for new uniforms. I'm like, design uniforms, send me mock-ups. So they've kind of embraced that, and it's kind of brought them together as a group. Uh, they took input from juniors and sophomores. But I, I think culture and authenticity is a huge, huge thing, whether it's college or whether it's high school or club. Um, but it's one of those things where I, I just think keeping it real with the kids nowadays instead of forcing them to talk and forcing them to do things encourages them to kind of take ownership of it, and I think it helps quite a bit. Yeah. How do you go about working with a student-athlete on your team that doesn't quite buy into that idea. And he, he's kind of, he or she is more about themselves. Um, how do you teach that individual from a coaching perspective to be a, a and how to be a good teammate and, and how, how relationship building is so critical to the team success? Um, for me, this is for me. Yeah. Sure. Anybody. Um, I think a lot of it, I'll, I'll go first, I guess. You know, a lot of it is, is, is uh, I'm a teacher as well. I'm a K-8 phys ed teacher. So I work with, young kids in sports all day long and then at night too. But um, I mean, we had some challenging kids this year at high school, we, we, you know, past 18 years had challenging kids. It's, it's just kind of taking teachable moments and coachable moments to allow them to, to kind of see the bigger picture. It's not easy. I mean, there, there's different kids and it's kind of, again, I'm not trying to be a dead horse, but being authentic. I mean, I'm thinking of several kids. I'm sure Maddie's thinking of several kids in mind as well. Um, they, they weren't easy. But it's, it's sometimes it's put an arm around them and talk to them. Sometimes it's maybe being, you know, 
love tough on them or tough love, whatever word you want to use. Uh, sometimes it's, 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 it's pulling them out of the activity they like. It's just finding what makes them tick. Um, and we had some challenges this year. I mean, we didn't have a, a blessed path of gold to, uh, <laughs> to what we did, but um, it, it's kind of finding teachable moments to show them that there's bigger things um, than themselves within the team. And if they want to have some of the success that they, you know, obviously project having, they got to give something up. And I think it, a lot of it, again, it's just caring for each other and caring about what's going on. And that we, that we first mentality is big. Like we lose a game, it's on my shoulders, it's on Maddie's shoulders, it's on the kids' shoulders. We win, it's on everybody, you know what I mean? So we all take part in how our training looks, how our tactics look, what the team expectations are, and then, you know, how we communicate with each other. But you're right, I mean, it's not easy. You just got to find ways to get people on. I, I affectionately, you know, affectionately joke around about John Gordon and the energy bus, but I always say, like, you got to get people on the bus with you. You yeah. know, you guys remember John Gordon, like – you know, I'm the bus driver of my teams, but I want people to want to ride my bus and I want people to want to be on that bus. I want people to, to share on what we're doing. Um, you know, nine times out of ten, it works pretty well, uh, but there's some challenges. You just got to go through trial and error and see what hits. Yeah. Rob, what have you experienced? Rob, you ship? Yeah. What's that, Cole? I just what Zach asked. What, what are you experiencing there at Shippensburg and with, with your ladies and – and the team, how does that what – what do you um, come across? Well, Zach will kind of attest to um, when he was with me at ship for those two years. Um, we've kind of – I've kind of come, come to the conclusion over the years that it's, it's – it's, um, yeah, that it, it, if you are doing – running your team or um, it's if, – if you are making – decisions and it's a values-based organization or, or you're running your team with uh, values, um, a value-based kind of thing. So, um, so for example, we, we, we've kind of developed, you know, what we think are our core values at, at Shippensburg as it relates to our women's soccer program. So we've kind of developed those and then the players have had uh, a big say in how those are demonstrated or how those values are, are looked at. And, and certainly different programs and different organizations are going to have um, different um, core values that they might find important or believe in for their particular team. But, uh, and certainly we, we've tried to involve the players in, um, okay, so how, how are these core values? How do they look on a daily basis? And then, um, so that, that, that I think that's where uh, the culture starts. Um, that, that has to me. I, it seems like that's got to be the basis of any team culture. And, I th and then I think once you have that, then then you have your plan. Um, that's your plan, and then you can kind of, you know, it kind of goes from there. And, and then it's an, an intentional. It's it's intentional on a day by day basis. It's to me. It's then. Define, you know, what are your core values? What does that definition look like? How does it, how does it look on a daily basis? And how, how are players, coaches, anybody involved demonstrating the, those things? Um, and, and to be honest, then, if, if you get, uh, like Coach was saying, people to get on the, you know, you have your group that's already there, those values are instilled, and, and, and this is what our team looks like. This is how it works. This is what we're looking for. And to be honest with you, uh, Zach and I have talked about this many times when he was there, 
certainly I think when, when you get a new group um, or you get a new set of ninth graders that come into your high school program or a new set of, you might add five new players to your U17 boys team or for us, a new set of, you know, players in, in that recruiting class. Um, certainly you're, you're not expecting that they're going to come in and, and first day be bought in. But if the core values are in your team and they're intentional and, and they're, there's something that the, the, the group or the leadership is already doing. Um, Zach and I have talked about how that new group will, they'll kind of know what we're going to do. And, and to be honest with you, I, I think the, I think the core values, um, I just think there's some players that, that will come into our program and, and they don't make it. They're not going to make it because over time you, you don't see that there's that buy-in to, to what the rest of the team is doing uh, if your leadership is strong and, and if, and if the, you're, you're living your, you know, your life and you're, you're making values-based decisions as opposed to how I, you know, what I feel decision, you know, what feels good as opposed to what, what we do. So Zach and I have talked many times. We've had players when he was there that we, we said, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't seem like they're probably going to buy into, into what the cult, our culture is here. And, and sure enough, you can pretty much um, know when a player is probably not going to be able to sustain within your program. Yeah, those were, those were some years of, like, transition in my mind that, you know, was rough at the beginning but has paid off in the long run. You know, and yeah. you've always said something like – and we said this on a previous podcast, Cole, that culture takes a long time to build but seconds mm-hmm. to crumble. So, you know, when you're talking when – you, when you're bringing in people into your program and if you're at the high school level, you don't really know what you're getting unless you're involved at the club level. But if you're bringing in people at the college level that you don't know through and through – you know, you know, that could really kind of cause some havoc on you and, and your program if you bring in the wrong person. So, um, Rob, we talked a lot about that in that, in that time of transition, it was rough, you know, at those times, but doing that and going through that process may have been a little rough, but at the end of it, it was definitely worth it. And Matt, you're kind of going into that situation where you don't really know exactly what you're going to be walking into since you just got the job at Ringgold. But is there things that in your mind for the fall that you have ready to start to transition and, and, and get on board with those guys and start to develop that culture and, and talk about what is a good teammate, what is not a good teammate. You know, is there some things that you have ready to roll out? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, as far as a coach goes, I use the case method, copy and steal everything. And, you know, um, as far as that goes, you know, I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be wrong and I'd be lying to myself if I didn't say that, you know, um, my coaching portfolio has come from some part of of my soccer career whether that be playing or you know even as a coach um obviously a, a lot of that i mean you can hear him speak a lot of it comes from larry and um you know i, I get the, for the last few years i've gotten the double dose of you know seeing him in both in the high school environment um where you know it's it's kind of a uh, you get what you get you get who shows up and you know of course you pick um you know from the group, but, you know, it's, it's more of a, a region thing. And then also at the club level where, you know, you can be a little bit more selective and you can attract and, you know, those types of things. So, you know, obviously it is in both situations, you, you might deal with uh, players from different backgrounds. So, um, 
you know, I, I, I think depending on what the mentality of the player is, I, I have a, a good toll belt and a, and a set of tolls that I can use to, to try to meet them. Um, but I, I think that's the key is, is meeting them where they are and finding out, you know, for that matter, why uh, they don't want to fit into the culture or why maybe they do want to fit into the culture. Um, you know, they, I think too often we, you know, our mind, it all makes sense. And why wouldn't you want to be a part of it? And then all of a sudden it's just like, you know, some small piece of the puzzle or, you know, maybe a, a large misunderstanding is, is there and it's preventing that, that attraction to come be a part of the culture and to come be a part of the group. Um, you know, I, I think any more dealing with, with youth and, and younger players, um, you know, they don't know how to express themselves very well. And for that matter, you know, maybe they don't even understand quite yet what they're feeling. And then as, you know, you start to deal with the, the older players and whatnot, you know, they've um, have been in some situations for so long that they've just, you know, become hard um, to, to use a, another one of uh, Larry's uh, talks and, and uh, thought processes and Damon West uh, coffee bean. So, you know, there's the, the carrot, there's the egg and there's the coffee bean. Um, Zach, you and I, we've spoke about this before too. And it's, yeah, you, know, you got to find out, are they, uh, are they an egg? Are they, have they been put under pressure and now they're hard, you know, all the way through and you know, they, they're resistant or um, for that matter, if you lean on them, are they going to be a, a carrot? Are they going to be soft and, and mushy or, you know, are they going to be the coffee bean and, and be able to get in and get involved and, and change the environment? And so, you know, I, I think <clears throat> for me, um, as a coach, I look to multiply my efforts a lot. So try to find, you know, get into the mix, find out who's going to be the coffee bean of the group and, you know, pull them in tight to me and say, okay, look, you know, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're trying to uh, accomplish here. And, and here's how we're going to do that and get them on board with me. And then, you know, kind of send them back out and, you know, let them go do their thing while I'm finding the next coffee bean and the next coffee bean. And, um, you know, the, the unfortunate part though is, you know, somewhere along the line, you're going to find someone who does buck the system, who doesn't want to fit in. Um, and for that matter, you have to start talking to the, you know, the other players around them and say, listen, you know, you follow them. This is the path you head down and, you know, the group crumbles around it, or, you know, you, you stay, you know, with the, the group, you stay with the idea, you stay with the culture and, and we'll grow stronger and we'll grow better. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's a constant contact though with players. It's a constant checking in. It's a constant understanding where they are. Um, the, I, I think for me, as we head forward, you know, it, that's going to be the, the hardest for me. Um, Cause I, unfortunately the, the picture right now is that if we get to play a fall season, it's going to be right there, right? The fall season. So now I'm going to be trying to get to know players in state a culture or, you know, uh, develop a culture uh, obviously there's going to be the strategy and the tactical side of things. So, you, you know, try to teach those and convey those things. And, you know, while doing all of that, you, you're just trying to check in and get to know players and find out uh, where they are and what they need. Um, the, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's important. I mean, as we have clearly stated that culture is huge with, with this whole thing. And um, I mean, what is what is something you look for when you're looking at players that you say, okay, that person's a good teammate? What is something that you can pinpoint? You're like, okay, that that's a good teammate right there. That's that's somebody that I want to have on my team and, and want to build a culture around. I'll I'll go uh, I, I'll go first because it's the easiest, right? So 
Uh, I think it depends on what your team needs, right? Um, in, in the situation that you're in, are you uh, are you a defending champion that you know has you know a strong culture, and, and you're looking for that person who's bought in and, and coming up through? Or are you with a you know a, a less successful program that you know needs kind of that that big macho guy to kind of lead and, and be that that front? So for me, um, you know, whenever I'm looking for a good leader, a good teammate amongst the the group. Uh, I'm looking for the guy who has a smile when he shows up and a, a smile when he leaves. Um, because, you know, as a coach, my job is to challenge them. My, my job is to make them uncomfortable so that they can grow. And, um, you know, it, the guy who walks in and says, okay, I'm here. I want to be challenged. I want to be here. And then, you know, at the end of the practice says, I accepted your challenge. I met your challenge and I'm happy we did. Um, that's the guy that, you know, for the, for the most part, I think is um, the easiest for, for me to connect with and, and really start to dive into because, you know, that's how I want to be. Um, so if I look at him and he's smiling, hopefully when he's looking at me, I'm smiling and, and we instantly kind of connect. We're, we're in the same mindset. We're in the same mood. Rob? Um, you know, I – I think there's a lot of obviously a lot of qualities and traits that you know as, as a coach you're you're looking for um I, I guess for me you know I think we're always looking for or players who, who have just an insatiable appetite to compete for sure um you know, certainly looking for for talented players um but but certainly like um just kind of along the lines of character building I I think for 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 me I'm I'm trying to find players that kind of if I can figure out through the recruiting process do they kind of fit into the the core values of what we're trying to the, the way our program runs and and the, the kind of core values the things that, that we are have deemed important for for our team and so is, is there a way to, to kind of get to know them throughout the recruiting process where you can kind of get an idea about is this person selfless, for example, that's one of ours. Um, so is there any way, you know, through whether you're watching them play at a showcase or, you know, they're on campus for a visit or you're talking to them on the phone, just trying to ask them, just trying to gain some insight into kinds of things we look for in a player or teammate, but certainly in players, I know all coaches want, you know, athletic, you know, great speed, agility and quickness and, and, you know, whatever, whatever physical attributes and things you look for, you know, technically gifted players. And I think certainly we all want really gifted players that way. But I, I also think, when it comes to a teammate, that's a different story. And, and certainly we just try to try to see if we can identify through the recruiting process as difficult as it is to make, you know, educated guesses is, is trying to bring players into our program who also you can kind of, kind of do they demonstrate some of the, some of the stuff that's some of the core values that your program is, it finds important. And, and um, so I think there's a difference between, you know, what you look for in a good player, but also what you look for maybe in a potential good teammate as well. Yeah. 
Matt, I, I did want to bring up that you and I, we took our C license together in Ohio this past summer. And it was interesting because I felt like everyone kept gravitating towards you to want you to play or want you to be in their group or want, you know, you involved in some way and what they're always like doing. Like people always kind of just gravitate towards you. Why do you think that is? Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about taking a coaching course, uh, especially through the, the current, you know, style and, and whatnot, you always gravitate towards the guys who still run around. Um, so I'm still uh, <laughs> kicking with my head cut off at times. That's not true. Stop it. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, it, as far as playing, that's it. Um, no, I mean, I just – listen, I, it, it took me a while to get here. Um, I, I can honestly admit that I, I wasn't always the person that I am now, right? Uh, we're always looking to to sharpen our edge. Um, you know, Larry always says iron sharpens iron. And, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I, for me, I, I think as a, as a person, whether it be coach player or whatever, I'm open. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll share with you freely. I'll speak with you openly. I'm not, um, I'm not one to, to try to hide something or keep something for myself. Like I, I have no secrets. Um, again, as a, as a coach, I'm using the case method. I'm, I'm, I, you know, give me your best so I can try to replicate it and I'll give you my best and let you replicate it. So, um, you know, like I said, it, it took me a while to get there, but, um, I, if you ask me why that, that would be my answer. I'm just, I'm, I'm open, I'm free. And, and for that matter, I'm looking to better those around me. Um, I, I, one of those culture things that we've been trying to implement so far is, you know, it, it, it's a cycle. It's, it's, it's cyclical, right? So, the better you are, the better the team is, but the better the team is, the more that they have to give you to make you better. So you know, every time you, you put in the extra bit of work, every time you put in a little bit of extra effort and you make yourself a better person for the team, the team then gets better, which then comes back around to, to make you sharper as well. So, um, you know, as we kind of head down this, this path of, uh, trying to build the, the culture, you know, try to find the, the players around that want to fit into the system. You know, I want to be that guy that they want to be around just as much, um, you know, so that they want to get on board and they want to be a part of it. And Matt, I think you brought up a great point is that we're looking as a teammate, you're looking to make people around you better. Right. I think that's, that's an important thing for people to understand too, is that it's not always just about, okay, what can I do to make myself better? But ultimately what can I do to make the team better? And how can, how can I ultimately better myself, which is going to better the team, which is going to help us be successful. And I think at times that's, that's lost on some players. that They don't realize that maybe we're asking them to do something to help fit into the team and, and help the team become better by having them maybe move to a new role or asking them to work on a specific area. So I think it's important to realize that we have to better ourselves in order to better the team sometimes and, I, and to help those around us get better. So that's, that was a great point that you made. Um, so Larry, what would be a, a piece of advice you would give to a young player really looking to mesh within that team and, and, um, be a good teammate? Um, I mean, as you guys are speaking, like Rob spoke about the recruiting process a bit and things he looks for, uh, on my end of things with club and high school and whatever else, I mean, three words always come to mind that we preach to the kids and that's being humble, that's being hungry and that's being committed. So, um, you know, whether it's club or whether it's college, whether it's high school, you're going to have type A guys and you're going to have people that are, you know, maybe ahead of the group. But if you can get them to get that mindset of always being humble, meaning you can always get better, 
being hungry, you're going to work to get better, and then showing you're committed, I, I, I think are three big things that are really easy to kind of preach um, and like use examples. I mean, you know, with training purposes, you might have some competition. You say, you know, winners are done, right? Some simple as that. Winners are done. You can go home. I mean, Maddie's seen me do it a hundred times. You guys won the morning. Go home. You can leave. The kids are committed and the kids that are part of that team, they're not going to leave. They're going to do extra because they want to be part of the team. They want to show their commitment. Um, again, it's not universal. Um, but those three words, I think, are, are, are the biggest piece of advice. Like, as a coach, and, and, and Maddie's being very modest. The reason people gravitate towards Maddie at the C license is because he's humble, he's hungry, and he's confident. So they know he knows what he's talking about. So they gravitate towards that. You gravitate towards people you want to associate yourself with. He's humble where he's able to talk to you and, and, and connect with you. And he's hungry where he's open to learning more. So those three things, I think, as a coach, as a player, or somebody part of a business or an organization or, or employment, I think those are all very, very important. So, I mean, that's my, my, my best advice is to be humble, to be hungry, and to be, you know, show your commitment. And that can come in different ways. Rob? Um, I, I think one of the biggest things um, that we, you know, maybe talk a little bit about with our program, and it probably is we have a, I don't know, Zach, you, you know Dr. Chris, right? Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> so we have, we have a sports psychologist that works with our program. Um, he's the guy that he runs our, our, um, counseling center on campus. He's the director, but he has a pretty extensive, uh, background in, in, um, you know, sports psychology. So he, he works with our team. He's been working with us for about 10 years or so. And, and, um, one of the things that he always says that always strikes a chord with me is that, um, and it especially rings true when, uh, your, your team is going through a rough patch. <laughs> you, you've lost some games in a row, you know, people are on edge and that kind of things. But he, he's always talks to our team about asking them, asking themselves um, one question. And, and that is that, what is it that I can do better or what, what is it that I can do differently? Or what is it that I can do as an individual to help my team at this, at this time? Because I think, and, and you see it all the time, when, when, when things aren't going well for teams, um, that's when there's a lot of, it can be a lot of finger pointing. That's when, when players, it's, it's difficult for players to, to kind of not uh, look at others. But, but I think um, uh, Dr. Chris always talks about to, to our players about thinking about, okay, well, well, go back and look at the film. What, 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 what did I do wrong and what can I do differently? And so I think, um, to be honest, be, being a good teammate is when you, have, when you have players that can actually do that effectively and then sometimes verbalize that with a group. So I think – that, that goes a long way with, with a team when, when somebody on a team stands up and says, hey, I, I, need, to do, I need to do this better. I need to work harder. I, I need to execute at a higher level. Um, you know, other players will, will follow that. And, and that, that's, a, that's a big thing because that's hard to do. Um, and that's, that's one of the things I think that's, that's difficult is to, is to look inward. So 
we talk about that a lot with our program. Um, just kind of taking self ownership uh, because, because the easiest thing to do, the most comfortable thing to do is, is to look elsewhere. The more difficult thing to do for, for any player, you know, I guess human beings for that example is to look inward and take that self accountability. So I, I think being a, to me, being a good teammate is that player that because it's so difficult to do for all of them, and so that I, I find that uh, one of the attributes of a really good, really good teammate. Hey, what can I do? Uh, because you can't control what anybody else does. So, um, you know, attitude, perspective, and effort are, are pretty much the only things that you you have control over. Um, but you have, always have control, 100% control over over yourself. So, Matt, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's easy for coaches to, or you know, even just players and parents, whatever, to to fall into that trap of the hot button or the buzzwords, as as Larry would call them. You know, it's you know, be humble, hustle, do this, do that. You know, and um, for me, it's you know, just fall in fall fall in love with the process. Uh, there's a book. Chop wood, carry water by Joshua Metcalf. I, uh, I'm a huge proponent of it. Um, I, I, and I love, for me, I, I love the the message um, of the book. Don't get me wrong, but I love the way it's written. I, I think it's accessible for you know all ages. Um, but just fall in love with the process, whether it's being a player, uh, whether it's being a leader, whether it's being you know uh, just a person, a friend, a brother, a sister. Uh, a mom, a dad, whatever it is, you know, fall in love with the process of of growing and learning and becoming stronger um, because it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you know, it, it takes time, obviously, and it's it's not a simple uh, buzzword. It's not just walking up to someone and say, be be humble. And then all of a sudden, bang, their their attitudes changed and, and their their heads on straight and they're the, the perfect teammate. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a process. It's understanding when you get fired up and it's understanding when you kind of calm the group down. It's, it's understanding, you know, when it's time to go to war, or when it's time to, you know, kind of sit back and, and relax for a moment. It's, it's understanding, um, you know, when you can be stern or, or when you need to be friendly. Um, you know, there's, uh, th there's a lot to say that, you know, during the course of a practice or a game or a season for that matter, or, you know, if you're in a program for four years or whatever it is that, there's going to be times where you have to have all of those skills and you don't, you don't have all those skills right now. Or if you do have all those skills, I'm sure they're not all at the same, you know, strength. Uh, so just fall in love with the process, understand you're going to make mistakes, whether it's in a game or, you know, with somebody, uh, you know, conversation or whatever it is, um, learn from it, be open to it and, and get back after it. You know, um, it's, it, it's best if you try again tomorrow. Um, you always see the, the, infographics or whatever it is the the drawings the cartoons of you know one guy holding a, a, a little diamond and you know climbing out of a hole or whatever and the guy's a foot away from finding the this huge diamond and he wants to jump into the other hole and go try it a different way you know find your way fall in love with the process of you becoming the person you're meant to be um, and don't give up that's great zach anything from you yeah i've always uh, just said it's about where you're you know, your true colors lies where your investment lies. If your investment is only into yourself, then people will know that about you. If your if your investment is into the people around you, then people will know that about you as well. And that and that's the balance that you're gonna have to find is, you know, the investment into yourself and the investment of the people around you. And 
you know, when you find a really healthy balance, like you can be a really good, impactful teammate, whether you're on the field or not on the field. I think that that's a very big, you know, miscommunication too, that people think that they, in order to be a good teammate, they got to be on the field playing. You know, we have 35 girls in our team. That's just not the case. They're not all, all going to be playing. So you can still be a very good teammate, even though you're not on the field. So I think that that's, you know, you know, the, the investment piece is huge for me. It's, you know, and that's what I look for in players and in my leadership council is that, you know, who's investing into who? Are you investing in yourself? Or are you investing in the people around you? So that's one thing I've always looked for as well. Yeah. And Zach, I think you made the point of it's finding the right, it's finding your place in a team that you can help the team be successful and be a good teammate. And I think that's what makes the best of them is they know their role. They know what their, their purpose is for the team and not just looking out for themselves, but looking out for, yep. for the betterment of everybody. So no, that's great. And um, Larry, Matt, Rob, really appreciate the three of you joining us and, and chatting about this topic. And I think, uh, I think we could go on for hours on talking about being a good teammate, but really appreciate you guys helping us break that down and, and um, for our listeners so they understand what, what that might look like. Um, so we appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, Zach, as always, thanks for your help. And thanks for joining us on this episode of The Set Position.